0: So seven years ago, I got into one of those silly arguments that couples get into. My wife was trying to help me out because I'm bad at birthdays, and she was trying to remind me that my mom's birthday was coming up, and she was going to be 75, and I wasn't having it. So she went over to her laptop to prove to me that mom was going to turn 75, and the next thing I know, she's standing in front of me, having Googled my mom's name, and on the screen, she's saying, look at this, it's an adoption.com search page for a birth mother looking for a child given up at birth, 50 years ago, two years younger than me, and it's my mom. Now, this just blows up my world because my reality is, is that my mom was my single, a single parent, my mom, and she met my dad when I was six, and they got married, and he adopted me at 10, and my brother was 10 years younger than I am, and my sister was 12 years younger than I am. That was our family. There was never a hint of this. And so, long story short, it was true. And so we had to have the conversation with my mom. And so we met, and my mom and my dad, and my brother and my sister and I, and we helped her power through a story that just kind of turned our world on its head. So when she was seven months pregnant with me, I was born at seven months, two months premature, a victim of domestic abuse. My father was an alcoholic a bum and we were better off without him was what my mom always told me. We didn't know anything more about him. She wouldn't share. And so she started to lay out this story that when she was divorced, not long after, that was a blemish on my family's reputation, my grandparents' reputation, who were well-to-do ranchers, um, societally, um, very high up in Wyoming society. And um, here she is, single mother, divorced, And, uh, you know, this was just not acceptable. And they put a lot of pressure on her. About a year later in 1960, in the summer of 1960, my biological father came back into her life and said, hey, I'm sober, let's get back together. Come on, you know you want to do it. And she thought, well, you know, my son needs a father and this would solve my problem with my parents, so let's give it a try. And so things went okay for a while and one thing led to another and she got pregnant and he was gone. So now she's a divorced mother and pregnant out of wedlock. And my grandparents came down on her like the wrath of God. You will help get, give this baby up in a quiet adoption or we will sue and we will have you declared an unfit mother and we will take both kids. So there she is. She knows me. She doesn't know this baby. And so she agrees to the adoption. And so she's telling us this story, and it's breaking my heart because this is a betrayal. My grandparents were the foundation of my life in many ways. I am who I am today because of my grandfather and my grandmother. He was bigger than life, riding a big buckskin horse, taught me to ride, taught me to drive a truck. My grandmother was this serene, quiet, wonderful woman who I just worshiped. And to find this out just basically tore my world down. But what was more important was what was going on with my mom, 75 and in frail health. So I looked at her and I said, Mom, what do you want to do? And she looked at us and she said, I'd like to meet her at least once before I die. And I said, Mom, I'm on it. So I started digging into this. And in Wyoming, they have a confidential intermediary program where an attorney gets appointed with special powers to go into Social Security records, IRS records, and are able to try and track down kids given up for adoption or lost parents the whole nine yards. So we got that done, and in May of 2011, that got going. Summer went by, really didn't kind of lost track of it, really wasn't thinking that we were going to find her after a half a century. And in September... I get a phone call while I'm at work, and it's my mom, Bill. We found her. Her name is Brandy. She has two kids and a grandson, and she wants to meet us. I don't remember much for a few moments there because I was crying so damn hard. It really just blew me away because I thought, she's probably not going to want to meet us. might hate us, might not want to blow up her life by having this bunch of strangers come blowing in but she wanted to meet us so a bunch of phone calls and conversations later I flew her up in October that year And when she came out of that exit gate at Anchorage International it was like a younger version of my mom walking through the gate it just they were just she was she was us and all the hugs went around and I kind of held back and then we hugged and we held on really hard and I asked her where have you been and she said, looking for you. And so the next day, you know, well, we were, you know, the whole family's around, and it's like, it's Brandy. She's, she's back, because she just fit right in. If you ever hear the argument about an environment versus genetics, let me tell you. <laughs> this, this was just the most amazing thing. And so later that day, we're going through photo albums, because what else are you going to do? You've got to try and tell the story of 50 years. And we get to the photos of my wedding to my wife, Nicole, in 1979, and my grand, excuse me, my, our grandparents were there. And we get to that photo, and she just stops. And she looks at me, and she says, I've met them. When she was a 14-year-old girl in Casper, Wyoming, she she went with a friend to spend the summer at her friend's dad's house, and the first thing they did was help set up for a party for a well respected couple in the local community of Buffalo, Wyoming, 3,602 people, always has been, always will be, (laughs) and they were going to have this big barbecue to honor them for their 50th anniversary, and here comes the guests of honor, and they come through, and they start to do the introductions, and my grandmother reaches out to shake Brandy's hand and pulls back, turns white, and turns away and walks off. My grandfather not knowing what's going on, reaches up, actually shakes her hand, then pulls his hand back, steps back, turns away, walks off. They left the party 15 minutes later. They knew it was her. They knew it because when Brandy showed me a photo of her at 14, she was my mother. Here's the fun part. Two weeks later, my family showed up in Buffalo, Wyoming, to help celebrate the 50th anniversary of my grandparents. And for two weeks, we were a mile and a half away from Brandy, and they never told us never told us. So, you know, it, 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 what do you do with all that? How do you take that? You know, foundations torn out from under you, the arc of your life changed completely by decisions that were never in your control. What would my life have been with my kid sister two years younger than me? I don't know. But I do know that I've found her and that I hold her close as much as I can. We spent a whole whopping, month and a half in each other's presence, and we do a lot of phone calls, and we talk. And I'll, th- I'll leave you with this. We decided we needed to tell our story, but before we did, we needed to figure out who our dad was, our biological father. And so Brandy and I started searching, and she found his obituary. He had died in 2003. And the obituary mentioned that he did have a son, but his name wasn't Bill, it was Patrick.